In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. And increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. Happy New Year! Ordinarily, the Sunday after Christmas marks the celebration of the Holy Family. But since January 1st falls on a Sunday this year, our weekend Masses are in honor of Mary under the title Mother of God. Both the second reading and the Gospel at Mass describe Mary's motherhood of Jesus in some way. The first reading doesn't, but that's where we need to begin for this setup. The first reading is taken from the book of Numbers, the fourth book of the Bible. One book prior to Numbers is the book of Leviticus, and there, in chapter 9, we're told that Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. But in the following verse, or for that matter, nowhere else in the book of Leviticus, are we told just what that blessing looked like. Here, book later, we have our answer as our passage begins with, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to Aaron and his sons and tell them, This is how you shall bless the Israelites. The blessing itself is quite short. It's a total of three lines, and each line contains two main verbs with the Lord God as the doer of each action. Bless and keep, then let and be gracious, and finally look and give. When we think of blessings today, we may think more in the abstract. For example, when I leave the confessional and receive a blessing of absolution, which forgives me for my sins. Yet the people of the Old Testament understood blessings in a very concrete way. Think of the story of Job. In the final chapter, the Lord blesses the later days of Job more than the earlier ones, and we're told that he has 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 she-donkeys. To quote scripture scholar Bruce Levine, Blessings in the Old Testament mind are not to be understood as abstractions, nor do they refer primarily to a state of mind or express some spiritual condition. God's blessings would come in the form of substantial gifts and material benefits, of progeny and prosperity, of well-being and peace in the land, end quote. That's what's being wished upon the people of Israel through Aaron's blessing. It's full of concrete hope. St. Paul is recounting salvation history for the Christians in Galatia in our second reading. The passage is included on this celebration of Mary, the mother of God, because in the excerpt, Paul mentions that God sent his son, born of a woman. This phrase, born of a woman, was frequently used in Jewish literature to demonstrate the fragility of human existence. Take, for example, two verses from the book of Job, which is getting a lot of airtime on this episode. In chapter 14 of Job, we hear the following. Man born of woman is short-lived and full of trouble, like a flower that springs up and fades. Not only does St. Paul say that Jesus is born of woman, but he also says that he is born under the law. This is a mega important point for St. Paul because the Jewish law and its purpose takes center stage in so many of his letters. As he explains, God's Son is born under the law to ransom those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Like Liam Neeson's daughter in the movie Taken, the idea of ransoming refers to freeing someone from slavery, and especially of paying a price to purchase that freedom. St. Paul picks up on the phrase to describe what Jesus does by his death on the cross. He pays the price to set us free from not being able to ever entirely fulfill the law. Throughout the passage, you'll notice that the language doesn't seem to be gender-inclusive. Paul says that we might receive our adoption as sons, and then follows that up by appealing to the proof that we are sons. Our translation rightly avoids the temptation to translate these words as sons and daughters, or even children, 
Because throughout the passage, Paul here is keying on the concept of sonship, mentioning how God sent his son born of a woman. Indeed, even the very word for adoption in Greek contains the word son within it. And speaking of sons, the shepherds are going in haste to see the son of Mary and Joseph in our gospel passage. It's nearly the exact same gospel we had at Mass last weekend, so I won't spend much time going over it. However, this weekend, an additional verse is tacked on to the end of the passage, and this verse describes Jesus' circumcision on the eighth day. Something that was markedly different at the time of Jesus than what we experience today is that a child wasn't named until eight days after his or her birth. Nowadays, parents aren't able to leave the hospital prior to assigning a name to their child, right? But back in Jesus' time, eight entire days passed before a formal name was given. To no one's surprise, the child of Mary is given the name Jesus since this is the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for the Solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.